A reading from John 19, beginning at verse 26. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his home. This is the word of the Lord. Woman. So I'm guessing that if any of us addressed someone that way, it might not go down too well. It sounds like an insult or a piece of domestic abuse. What are you doing, woman? What's the matter with you? It sounds rude. But in Aramaic, it was an honorific. It was a way of demonstrating respect for somebody. Jesus, therefore, is demonstrating respect for his mother by addressing her in an appropriate, formal, and loving way. And I'd say, also with just this little word, woman, he starts to demonstrate care. This is the kind of respect and care that any decent Jew keeping the Ten Commandments would want to show for his mother. It's the fourth commandment, honour your father and your mother, which you will do both in the way that you speak and behave. By this stage, many assume that Mary is almost certainly widowed. And in that culture, with no pension, no equality of employment rights, no welfare, we can assume that she would have been exceedingly vulnerable. Other women in scripture in this position are frequently reduced to the most desperate of choices. So what is remarkable here is that even though Jesus is in such pain and is so close to death, he is still able to honour and care for his mum. It's even more extraordinary if you think for a moment about what else is going on here, because he's also taking on sin. Even at the very point of providing salvation for those that believe in him, saving the world, defeating sin, decisively through his blood, in fulfillment of the entire Jewish law, at incalculable cost to the Holy Trinity, on a scale that we cannot possibly grasp, no one gets the mystery of the cross in all of its fullness. We just get snapshots of what it is or the essence of what it is, but we don't get all of it. Jesus, in the middle of all of that, is concerned for the very basic material needs of his mum, and he is even somewhat polite about the way that he says it. Now, what we take from this is that Christianity was clearly never meant to be a spiritual thing. I'm doing air quotes so you can't see them. Not the kind of spiritual thing where spiritual is detached from physical. And neither is Christianity meant to be a cerebral thing. I'm slapping my head right now. This thing where the intellectual is detached from the practical. Christianity is not a feeling. It's not a series of, of maxims to learn. At its heart, Christianity is a living relationship with a living God who cares for our living needs. Respect, care, relationship, in one word. Next comes authority. 
don't think of this as just a very ordinary sentence. So none of Jesus' words are wasted, and especially his words on the cross. Each one is loaded with meaning, and there's almost a legal tone to what he says here. So even from the cross, a criminal, publicly shamed, close to the point of death, is in fact demonstrating authority. Now we know that Jesus is a master of the law, and what he's doing here is he's making use of his legal rights to place his mother under the legal protection of someone else. He's acting as the head of his household, the head of his family. He's behaving with authority. And some scholars have even managed to demonstrate that he uses the correct legal language under Jewish family law to create a testamentary disposition here. What I mean is, this is formal, recognized, well-defined adoption language. It's a last will and testament. It's a function of equity. As what he does is he hands over his mother to John in just the right way. Respect, care, relationship, and authority. I think it's also worth noting that this was his immediate reaction upon seeing her. Verse 26 says, When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. So he had not seen them until this moment. And then as they draw near and he sees them as their eyes meet, his reaction is instant. There is evidence that close friends and families were allowed to gather around the cross as the criminal was crucified. And what they might do is initially stand at a distance before being allowed to gather closer and closer to say their final goodbyes near to the point of death. So right up close, as they draw near, you can imagine the Trauma for the convict and for the family. So powerless to prevent this from happening. And yet in this moment of intense pain and grief, in spite of everything that's going on in the heavenly unseen realm, the sin is being defeated right here. And in their human hearts as they grieve their loss, and in his body as he suffers, in spite of all of that, Jesus respects and cares and relates and speaks with authority immediately. There's no pause. One more thing. I think it says something about Mary and John. So two more things. Two more things. It says something about Mary and John. Because people have said, well, why didn't Jesus just hand his mother over to one of his brothers? one of her other children. Why not just make sure that they look after her? I'll tell you why. They're not there, are they? They're a step behind, both literally and spiritually. John 7, 5 tells us, for not even his brothers believed in him. So why hand Mary over to John and not to them? Well, because better a life with your son's Christian friend than with the unbelieving family of your own blood. 
They might have had the physical ability to take her in, to care for her. But they were incapable of looking after her properly, fully, unless and until they believed in him. They were not yet in Christ. So there was nothing they could provide of any real eternal significance for her. They could feed her and clothe her, but they, they couldn't dwell with her as members of, of the body of Christ, as saved. They didn't have the mind of Christ. And the world has nothing to offer that matters at all outside of Christ. So this Easter, let's do what Mary and John did. Let's draw near with faith to the crucified Lord. And as we draw near to him, it dawns upon us. He cares for us. And he alone has the authority to save us. Amen.